We are joined today by Dr. Rasala Navo, uh, who is a... Welcome to Baobab Chats. Our podcasts are on Africans discussing various issues affecting our continent and its people, regardless of their current location. Feel free to follow us on various social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and other channels where you can engage on more African-related content. For any comments or feedback, please send us an email to info at baobabchats.com or go to our website on www.baobabchats.com. The medical doctor based in Limpopo, South Africa, and she's going to be helping us to understand these different issues and the different things that are happening regarding COVID-19. There's so many theories out there. There's so, many, so much information, correct and wrong information. We don't know what to believe anymore. And we believed and we thought the best thing to do is to get our own that can share the information, those ones that we know that they've got our best interests at heart. Doc, welcome to Bob of Chats. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Firstly, can you just briefly, we have heard this over and over again, but let's start there. What exactly is COVID-19? Before we go into too much detail, just a brief cap, uh, uh, recap of that. It is a disease that is caused by a virus that we know as SARS-CoV-2, which means uh, severe acute respiratory uh, syndrome, uh, COV-2, meaning from the genome um, COVID uh, disease. So this uh, virus is a part of the non-segmental family strains of um, RNA viruses. What it does is that it causes the disease that we usually know, we know we commonly know, know as COVID-19. 19 meaning that it was uh, found in the year uh, 2019, as we all know, in Wuhan, China. So what this virus does um, is that it affects mainly uh, your respiratory um, systems. Um, what it does is that it, when it gets into the uh, human host, it binds to what we uh, known as the um, uh, ACE2, ACE meaning the angiotensin converting enzyme 2. So in a layman's term, is that uh, it will get into your body and cause a lot of uh, symptoms, uh, ranging from respiratory symptoms, your fever, coughing, also GI symptoms, GI mean gastrointestinal symptoms, because there are also some receptors, also ACE2 receptors in the GI line. So even diarrhea, patients may come experiencing diarrhea, things like that. So as you know, it is a global pandemic that uh, we've been facing uh, since early 2020, to be exact, um, late 2019, as it was discovered in Moha. And we are still uh, facing mm-hmm. this uh, global pandemic. Whilst we are still there, just what, what then is the difference between the normal flu and COVID-19? Okay, so in terms of the normal flu and the COVID-19, uh, uh, maybe to highlight uh, the, sim- the, the similarities is that they both uh, mainly affect the respiratory sy- symptoms, the respiratory tract. So patients will come in presenting with uh, respiratory symptoms like your cold and uh, fever and non-specific symptoms. However, they are very different as we have experienced. Uh, with uh, COVID-19, 
it is uh, patients present with um, more severe to moderate symptoms as opposed to to mild symptoms where in there's only uh, a cough so with covid-19 we've seen that it is uh, moderate to severe way in the cough will not only be there but also affect your breathing that's way in you have difficulty in breathing that's way in your saturation saturation meaning the level of oxygen in your blood starts to be to deteriorate so it's a more severe form than a normal cold flu that uh, we usually uh, experience uh, from season to season and then another difference would be that uh, we usually expect uh, cold flu to flus to be seasonal but with covid-19 as we initially thought it was going to be seasonal but as we have seen that the pandemic is 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 throughout it's even there now in south africa we are currently in summer but we we are witnessing a resurgence in covid-19 although we are in summer so that's main that's one of the major differences that we are seeing with uh, with covid-19 as opposed to our normal flu so normal flu minor symptoms easy to 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 to, to treat however with covid-19 it's a wide range of symptoms that can be moderate to severe life threatening and also it's non seasonal as we had hoped and that begins our you know our process of talking about the different information that is out there uh where at, at the beginning we we had you know people having a perspective that no covid-19 does not survive in the sun when it's hot when it comes to summer you know uh there was a lot of speculation about no 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 when summer starts this will end and this will disappear and like exactly what you said um we have seen that that's not the case and we've seen pictures that were being shown of the 1918 flu of people at hospitals being shown pictures whilst they were outside and we were made uh, to believe or a lot of us believe that no it was because they were being put outside so that they're exposed to the sun because the sun and we thought that is actually the reason why this would not be a very big uh, a, a problem but like you say do you have something maybe just to add on to that you know in terms of these these speculations that 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 people have spoken about yes um i think the general idea initially was that it is a seasonal seasonal um seasonal virus but as i've highlighted before we we have seen we are actually seeing the resurgence now in summer uh, a season where we were expecting it to be you know cool where we were expecting the the infections to go down but that's um that's the opposite um that's the opposite we actually are seeing uh, more infections now and then yeah so generally uh, I, w- i wouldn't say that it is a seasonal thing as um as we initially thought because definitely there is um, there is resurgence and um, peak a lot of uh, new infections now even uh, in some whilst we are there now let's talk about this second wave the resurgence uh, as you as you term it what has been the main difference between the two and why we you know just to shape the, this question is that because the the people who feel i didn't get it in the first wave uh, so i'm not going to get it then there's people that say i got it in the first wave so i'm not going to get the one in the second wave um and there are people who think they got it in the first wave whether it was a, just a flu or not that's a different that's a different discussion so what's 
between the difference between that first wave and second wave? So the difference would be the the numbers and the virulence of, of the first wave and the second wave. We are definitely seeing more patients coming in with this uh, second wave. And with the first wave, patients would come in with just mild uh, respiratory symptoms. And according to the studies that were, that were done at that time, they, they were saying that uh, patients, about 80% of the patient would come in with very mild respiratory symptoms that wouldn't even warrant admission, that would warrant self-quarantine or self-isolation at home. But now with the second wave, uh, patients are now presenting with moderate to severe symptoms. We are seeing a lot of patients that are coming in that are very sick, a lot of patients coming in that requires um, admission to hospital for oxygen therapy, a lot of patients that are not actually doing well with uh, minimal oxygen therapy that needs um, intubation and to be taken in high facility um, care, like uh, in ICU. And then uh, a lot of deaths now with the second wave uh, compared to the to the initial wave. And um, with with the with the second wave, we think that it is more, you know, it is it is affecting more of our people, and it's it's affecting them in a in a in a, in a more severe way than the initial than the initial wave. And then with regards to if um, if uh, if you can get it again if you got it with the first wave and can get it again um, with the second wave. Um, so there are patients who have been presenting with um, with COVID-19 that were initially tested uh, in the first wave they had COVID and then the respiratory because the reinfection uh, scientifically is defined as a patient who had COVID-19 was symptomatic and was tested positive with a PCR test. Um, PCR test is the one that we do with the swabs. And then it was confirmed that the patient had uh, COVID-19. And then at a period of about a month without symptoms, and generally the patient was well. And then after a month or, or more, the patient comes again with symptoms and then tests again and positive for, 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 for COVID-19. That would be a scientific definition of reinfection so we are actually yes seeing patients who are being reinfected patients who were tested positive initially for COVID in the first wave then were fine they isolated then there were symptoms for about a month or two and then are coming again and with uh, symptoms of COVID-19 yes um, you can still mm -hmm. there is still a chance of a reinfection with with COVID-19 and, and, and this chance of reinfection, uh, is it related to the issue of the new strain uh, or the mutant? Uh, you know, there's different, the, uh, others are calling it the UK mutant or whatever, or it's just linked to just COVID. It can be the initial strain or it can be the, 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 the new strain. So as we know, there's a new strain that is a new variant uh, that was identified in the UK and also South Africa. But with the, with the reinfection, uh, it can be either way. Uh, some, some, some scientists say that um, the reinfection could be because of uh, the patient's own immunity. So you would get um, immunity from the first, um, first uh, infection, but it wins off uh, quickly 
as opposed to to other people so there's this rapid winning of um, of the immunity that you previously got that is patient dependent and also in some cases uh, is that you find that the patient uh, did have COVID-19 but there was a sort of like a suppression of the of the virus as opposed to total eradication of the virus so with the with the reinfection there's that re-emergence of of of, of the virus or or there's that um, expression of the virus uh, the virus that was initially um not eradicate not um not uh that was uh, initially sort of like suppressed Mm. So it can be either way. It can be virus-related factor, the virus itself. It can be patient-related factor, the patients in, um, themselves with regards to the uh, immunity. It can be a lot of things. So yes, you can still be affected by the same 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 strain of, of virus uh, that you initially had, mainly based on the factors that I've alluded to um, initially. All right, all right, all right, great. Um, uh, all right, great. Uh, and then, so Doc, now let's talk about um, the vaccinations. Of course, the vaccines, I think they haven't yet reached um, South Africa yet and, and most parts of Africa, but there is talk of vaccines, you know, arriving and some that have started arriving. Um, and this is where this discussion becomes even more scary. You are a health professional um, and as a frontline worker, when the vaccines start, I've had in most countries, they start with the people, the frontline workers and those that are identified as vulnerable groups. Before we specifically talk about the COVID-19 vaccine, can we just talk about vaccines? What exactly is a vaccine? Why does one take a vaccine? What does a vaccine do? And can we give examples of vaccines that we have also already been taking or that have been taken and you know how they've you know panned out and affected lives so with the vaccine just to put it simply uh, what we target or what a vaccine does is that um we want the body to get used to to fighting um a virus before you are infected with the real virus or with the real uh, pathogen, bacteria, whatever. It can be a vaccine of a virus or a bacteria, whatever. So what uh, what usually happens with the vaccine is that um, you get injected with a sort of like an inactive or a killed form or a weakened form of the, of the pathogen that will not necessarily cause illness in your body. So when that happens, when you get um, infect, um, injected with that um, inactive form of the, of the virus, your body will then uh, start a, a, an immune, immune, will then trigger an immune response. With that immune response, you get immunity to that, um, to that uh, disease or to that, uh, to that uh, infection. So what, what will then happen is that when you then get exposed to the real pathogen or to the real offender, to the real um, that's, to the real um, uh, disease, your body is now used to fighting that uh, infection. Your body already has guns uh, that are equipped to fight that infection. So in a way, your body already knows how to deal with that infection because you've been exposed to the 
sort of like an inactive or a fake form of the, the virus. So when you get exposed to it, then it means that it won't be as um, severe or your body will be able to cope well with that uh, infection. That is the general idea with behind vaccines. There's a lot of vaccines that we get, most of them um, just from childbirth, there's BCG, which is, uh, for, uh, which is for TB. There's actually an, a program for immunization for, for children. There's also a vaccine for a common cold that is uh, received annually. So that is the general uh, idea behind the vaccine. However, with the COVID-19 vaccine, it's a bit different. It, you're not getting the inactivated or the weakened form of the virus. It is a messenger RNA uh, vaccine. So what it does, you do not get the virus. What it does is that um, you get, um, you, they inject you, then your body will be able to, pro, to, to produce what we call um, an a protein, um, a protein that will uh, sort of like help in initiating events that will help with your immunity. So that is the difference between the normal vaccines that we know and the uh, COVID vaccine. So with COVID vaccine, they're not giving you the, the virus itself. They're giving you uh, substances that will make your body produce uh, immunity, which is like a, a And, and and there, Doc, that's where we really need to talk. When you start saying RNA and the difference between the COVID-19 vaccines and vaccines uh, that we, we use for other diseases, because this is where people say this RNA, it will change your DNA, um, it will affect you in this way, and people are saying, we're not going to take this vaccine, we don't want to see it. Um, can you, what, what, can you maybe highlight a little bit more on those concerns um, in terms of should people feel safe to take it based on that? And and I know it's a very technical term, this RNA, even myself, I don't understand it. You just said it now, but it's to escape me. If you can break it down a little bit more. So with the vaccine, it will never, it won't alter your your RNA or your DNA, because it is not incorporated to your DNA uh, system. So what it does is that it it um, triggers your body to produce a certain protein. It is not going to alter your DNA. It is not going to be incorporated in your DNA or or whatever the uh, the case. So it won't. It doesn't even go to to the DNA systems of of, of the body. What it does is that. It uh, triggers your body to, produ uh, to produce uh, proteins. Those proteins will then initiate uh, an, immune, an, an immune response. So in terms of it affecting the RNAs and the DNAs, it doesn't work like that. Okay, and, 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 and thank you, thank you for, for clarifying that because this is the area where we find many people having concerns um, and, and, and being worried about, about this vaccine. All right, so, so we, as we, we want to, as we wrap up, Doc, um, then the, the next question also then becomes, when these vaccines arrive or they come, there's the Chinese ones and there's the UK and you know, there's all different companies. I don't want to mention uh, specific names because then I might, but 
there is issues about, no, maybe trust the one from here and don't trust the one from there. The one from there has got 50% chances. That one has got 80% chances. That one has 90% chances. Should these kinds of information concern us? Or this is something that we shouldn't be concerned about. All we should be concerned about is that once a vaccine arrives and they say it's being given at hospitals, we should trust our health professionals like yourself that spent so many years studying you know, medicine, we trust you to say when you're giving us a vaccine, you know this is right for us and we should just come and queue up for them. Yes, yeah, so a lot of clinical trials are actually conducted before uh, any form of vaccine is, is given to, 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 to anybody. So I once said um, a speech from an African president saying that um, I'm not sure if it was a president or or prime minister, they were saying that they would never administer a vaccine if it is not proven to be safe. Uh, this proving should be proven by people, scientists from Africa, scientists that uh, we trust, scientists that we know. So these vaccines, they 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 pass through um, tests that uh, actually um, prove that uh, it is safe for for to be administered in in people. So in that regard, even our, our, our scientists uh, must have proved that it is uh, safe for us to, to, to actually use uh, before it is, uh, it is given to, to our population. Thank you so much, Doc. And thank you for everyone for really for following. Um, and we hope that we have another time to, to, to share again, you know, uh, regarding this crucial topic. Um, feel free to share your comments. Feel free to share with others, to share information. And feel free to give us some questions. Um, we can try to get Doc back again on Baobab Chat so that we can discuss this in more detail um, and, or maybe answer specific questions that you might have. But from me and the team, thank you and bye-bye for now. Thank you for following this podcast we hope that you have enjoyed and have gained something from listening to it we are always open to your feedback feel free to contact us through the various social media handles also follow baobab chats on different social media youtube facebook instagram and wherever you get your podcast from drop us a comment and tell us and give us ideas of what we can do as we move forward thank you cheers